little bit of adversity today. It's all right. <laughs> so I've been wanting to start a podcast for a while or restart up my podcast, but I've had a lot of adversity. Uh, a lot of that adversity being multiple buildings, not having Wi-Fi at my house, just not having any room. So Legacy RV <laughs> has hooked me up with this beautiful trailer, and I just realized, why don't I start doing podcasts in my trailer? Yeah, you got heated seats in Dude, here. Dude, it's a really nice trailer, right? I got the I got the vibrating seat. If you guys hear a on. vibration, it's Dan's seat. If you hear <laughs> a generator, that's the generator running. And if you hear it cut off in the middle of it, it's the electrician wiring the generator into my new <laughs> shop. So there's still adversity, but we're just doing it. One thing I've always realized is if you just start it, it'll work out. Yeah, yeah. It's all the reasons to hesitate doing it, which is I don't have many people in my life that I can do this with, but Dan's one of them. Um, my back's been hurt for seven months. <laughs> yeah, what feels like a year. <laughs> and um, we met up for something. And you just started asking me, like, your casual questions and your smooth voice. Yeah. You're like, hey, man, what's going on? I was like, I don't know, man. I just can't do anything. You're like, you can't do anything? <laughs> in, was, in that exact tone. And I was like, nah, man, I can't, I can't do anything. And you were like, oh, so you can't even, like, walk? And I was like, nah, I can walk, but, you know, it's just, what's walking going to do? And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. So, uh, you, can't, uh, you can't swim? I was like, I don't know where I'd swim right now. And you're like, so you can't, can't even like actively stretch in the sauna. And I was like, yeah, but you know, man, I just really want to lift. And if I can't lift, then what's the point of doing all this? And, and we had like maybe a, a 15 to 20 minute conversation. Then halfway through, I was like, whoa, mm. I turned into that dude. Mm. I, I turned into everyone in the world that I know that's just... They, they want to do stuff, but it's every single excuse. Yeah. And then we booked a training session the next day. Yeah. And, and there was a cool moment in that conversation where I saw the light, the light bulb click, like, like the switch flipped and you were like, oh yeah, I'm being that guy right now. I'm being really embarrassing. And, and for those that weren't in the room, uh, it was really cool because I remember you pulled your phone out. There was a slight pause and then you're like, you want to train tomorrow? And I'm like, that's Dude, my guy. I've never. That's my guy. <laughs> I've never. That guy. Yeah. That guy that's just like, yeah, I can't do that because it's just not sunny enough outside. Right, and, right, right. You know, I don't have enough time. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. And I don't have anyone to prep my food. And mm -hmm. I don't have just the I don't, I can't guy. Yeah. And that's who I turned into. I've never even remotely felt like that. And yeah. I was sitting there telling you, like, I was telling you how depressed I was and how unmotivated and how miserable and sad. And then the same next breath, I told you why I couldn't do anything mm -hmm. and why it was like that. And ugh. yeah, but I do a lot of people are stuck there and I get it. And like, I, I, I think I had yeah. never understood it prior to that. Like I, when someone says I can't do this or blah, 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 all the like, woe is me shit. Yeah. I've always been like, bro, just snap out of it. Shut up and snap out of it. And that was the first time I've ever actually experienced it. Yep. Yeah, and it's a it's a tough place to be. It's a very disempowering place to be. But one thing that I've I've learned about it is like sometimes it takes somebody on the outside to to kind of pull you out because you don't realize like how stuck you are or 
the excuses that you're believing because you're creating a story in your mind every day and the more that you tell yourself it day in and day out the more that it starts to become a reality like I think back on my own story when I was 30 pounds overweight broke I was living at my mom's like that whole sob story I didn't realize how bad my situation was until I had somebody that that really just had to pull me out or at least like flip a switch in my head and give me an opportunity to to get out of it sometimes it's a hard place to get out from man it's like you need to get smacked sometimes that's what it takes you know what i mean like sometimes that's what it takes <laughs> and, yeah. I, and during that conversation i smacked myself yep and like you saw it in my face i, I did was just like oh no i saw the switch flip oh so this is our electrician hold on one second i knew this was gonna happen i knew it <laughs> yeah but but going back to my own story like i was saying i was 30 pounds overweight uh i had just lost uh what was my best friend my father figure my mentor you know and i went a long time playing the victim game playing the woe is me playing the there's too many obstacles to uh to overcome and i'm just gonna sit and you know just be in be in this mess here but what i ended up finding out was that we have power man oh we do we have non-generator power. Oh, we're still good. Okay. Turn the fireplace back on. Okay, because I saw it all cut off, so I wasn't sure. No, we have... Okay. We have power. Man, this is fun. I like all this. This is sort of cool, This right? is fun. Yeah, because... Right, we're, we're up and running. You want to come in? Yes. We're recording a podcast. Oh, that's fine. They can't see you. It's the audio. <laughs> Welcome to my house. Hello, hello. Welcome. We record podcasts. We sit by the fire. Oh. You know. It's nice in here. It's nice cold. Yeah. <laughs> so the electrician just walked in. And uh, nice. this is actually kind of a fun deal because usually you're in like a nice cush studio and you have all of these amenities around you. We got blowing winds, probably single digit yeah, temperatures are. outside. We're in a trailer. I don't care. This is Montana, man. I love it here. Cool. I love it. Wait, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a tour real quick. Dan, Yeah. listen, I need you to run a commercial for yourself right now. Okay. There you go. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Dude, this is, this is the cool part. Have you been feeling stuck? Have you been feeling a little bit lackluster lately? Have you been not getting enough sleep? Have you just been feeling low? Well, today's your lucky day. Because with my new online course, How to Grow Dreadlocks, I'm going to teach you my 12-step program to growing luscious, voluminous, beautiful dreadlocks. All for the low, low price of just $2,000. Yes, $2,000 is right, but that's not all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but maybe I should. You know, maybe I should have a some kind of online course. I'll be honest with you. One of the things that I get asked the most is about my hair, which is crazy because, uh, you know, originally when I started growing my hair out, I never even thought that it would be a focal point, but so many people message me with hair questions, what products I use, how often do I wash? And then you also get those people that always have like the, the different myths or things that they've heard about dreadlocks that just make zero sense. But people believe like, you know, in order to, to wash your hair, you have to do it with egg yolks 
or motor oil or you hear all of like the horror stories about like the 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 burned out hippie that had dreadlocks when you know when he was younger and then like you hear all of these crazy stories and in my head when i hear them i'm just thinking like who is it that you hang out with and because it just seems so crazy so let me just dispel a couple of the biggest myths about dreadlocks right away Okay, that way you never have to ask these questions again. You never have to feel silly. Here is the straight truth. Number one, I wash my hair regularly, all right? At least once a week. What are you talking about? So, so first, I was telling him about my 12-step my program to creating luscious, voluminous dreadlocks. It's an uh, online... Your, your, your hair is good. It's an online program. I can get you signed up Wait, right now. Wait, what do you mean... Oh, yeah. Wait, you're selling online programs for your hair? Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gone for too long. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> Podcast has gotten away from me. Dan's you said commercial. doing commercial. I'm trying dude, to. Trying I didn't to sell know you're going to do bro. fucking locks for men commercial over here. 12 <laughs> step program. <laughs> wow. All right. No, so uh, that was the generator. So we're on our build site right now, the new warehouse build. And I have shop where I have the first building, our big headquarters. And then I have what I'm calling building three, which is where I'm going to keep all my cars, which forces me to have to build a building two. Right. Because I can't just be like, oh, building one and three. And be like, where's two? I don't have to answer that question. So I'm sort of trying to get myself backed into a corner. But we just wired power in. Awesome. So now we are fully operating fireplace, microwave, TV, stove, refrigerator, everything. And this, I just got my own little house here now, dude. This place is really nice. These... I'm telling you, I, I had never really been into these RVs or yeah. like toy haulers or whatever. Yeah. But uh, Keaton got one. But Keaton got like a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his is yeah. really nice. And I was like, I don't know what I would use this for. Yeah. And then I saw this one and it has the full thing in the back for the for the side-by-side or mm -hmm. dirt bikes or whatever. And then the shower back there. And I was like, oh, wait. Like, because I like roughing it. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. if I'm going away for like four days, I need a shower. Sure. That's why I can only do overnight tent trips. Just because I feel gross, man. Yeah. Especially I'm like in there with Dana and a dog. And like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it takes half a day before you're like, all right. Yeah. Something um, needs to give. But I noticed that there's like some beds back in the toy yeah. hall. So there's two too. more king size beds. That's crazy. And then there's, uh, uh, so like Bryce Canyon, for example, right? Yeah. This is the predicament now. <laughs> Do we fly the airplane down to Bryce Canyon or do we tow this rig? Because we have two king size beds back there. We got the king size bed up there and the single bed. Yeah. And then if someone wants to sleep on the couch, they can. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we're limited by who can fit in the truck, but we could load this up right. as our like race rig. Right. Tow it point. down to Bryce Canyon, park it, operate out of this for a couple days. That's a good, that's a good. Or we could question. fly in an airplane. You know, you mentioned Keaton has one. Yeah. I would I would love to have the experience of flying in the airplane and then getting Keaton oh, to man. hook his up and take it down there. Well, there we go. We figured out our <laughs> giant problem. <laughs> guess man. we'll just fly the airplane. Yeah, I guess we'll fly the airplane and then go in the giant RV. <laughs> oh, man. It's, you know what's really nice is working really hard for stuff. Yeah, must be really, nice. Really, really, really nice. Yeah, must, must be nice. <laughs> I was... uh. Going back to that mindset of like the I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. So I got um, my back still not okay, right? Yeah. And after we trained this morning, so I ran four miles, which I'm now on my four mile kick, so I Very have to get cool. there earlier. Yeah. Um, 
And then I trained with you and I went to physical therapy and Thomas was needling me and he said something about um, the it must be nice concept. Yep. Because he was talking about his business and like how this this last year, like, yeah, as soon as that happened, everyone was like, well, I'm not going to physical therapy and like exposing myself or I don't know. So right. he, he went to a bigger building, got some more trainers and then, you know, right away yeah. lost clientele. Yeah. So I was talking to him. And he was saying, like, well, what do you think your greatest thing is? And I was like, you know, if I had to, like, I'd like to say work ethic. Like, work ethics, I have that. I get it. From a young age, my dad made me what I thought was just making me miserable to be a dickhead. But he was teaching me work ethic. Sure. And then, but the biggest thing I learned was just creativity. And I think that that creativity where it's just like, well, yeah, we can figure out anything. I think you, you, you know, you have the same thing. And I think... It's a combination of, it's not even being creative. It's just like, well, I'm not going to give up here. Right. And being that's who I am, hearing myself complain to you, (laughs) it really made me realize like, well, this isn't me at all. I'm the dude who, okay, cool. If I can't stand because I can't walk, then I'll lay next to the bike and at least do, I'll do something. Yeah. And I've never given up before. Yeah. Um, But I was saying, I was like, yeah, man, like, if you want to start almost, almost any business, like there's obviously some things like dentistry I don't understand. Well, I guess I understand it to an extent, but it's like, well, yeah, if you want to do anything, I could tell you how to do it. Like whatever business you want to start, whatever journey you want to do, however you want to live your life, for some reason it comes really, really easy to me to give you the 15 little steps right. that you need to do to make it happen. And the problem is when the average person says, I want to do this or I want to do this or I want to do this. Once you give them those 15 little steps, they realize that maybe they didn't really want to do that anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. Like maybe you don't want to start your own apparel line. Yeah. Once you realize like it's like you you see me, you know, and I think that's what a lot of people see. There's like, I want to start my own apparel line. So you see guys like me or these other people that, you know, they make their own T-shirts and they're making their own clothes and everyone loves it and they're. Report, recording podcasts and really nice RVs. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this isn't where it started, man. Right, right. You get attracted to that end result. You mm-hmm. get attracted to, to the lifestyle that it creates. Uh, you know, when, when I was when I was riding bulls, that was something <laughs> that... <laughs> Go back and listen to the other podcast with Dan and you'll yeah. understand what he's talking about. Right. The Rasta guy riding bulls. So when I was when I was in that chapter of my life, it was the same thing. I was I was watching the NFR, which is the National Finals Rodeo. It's the biggest rodeo of the year. It's where all the top cowboys and cowgirls go and compete for world championships. I was seeing that and thinking, that's the life that I want. I want to be at the NFR. I want to be riding the the best bulls in the world and competing with the toughest cowboys. But what I didn't realize until I was knee deep in all of it is, man, I got to, I got, if I want to be there, I have to get on bulls every single day, day in, day out. I got to get on a bull. I got to ride well. If I don't ride well, I don't make money. So it's going to be harder for me to drive to the next rodeo if I'm low on cash. And I got to a point, man, where I, I didn't want to get my ass kicked day in and day out, month after month, year mm-hmm. after year. But what I realized is I wanted the results more than I wanted the process. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what we all do, right? Yes. We all do. That's why there's, the, you know, these online programs get rich quick. Yeah. That's why uh, everyone runs the steroids first. That's <laughs> why, like, there's so many yes. reasons. Yes. Like, it's like, oh, this this makes it faster? I'll yeah, do this. Exactly. Uh, and you hack through it. But yeah. 
you know, so I get the beauty of like getting to the end result super quick, but yeah. I got asked a question. So I'm doing a live every single morning. I, I deleted all my Instagram posts. Yeah. There's a couple people that have noticed. And the more people that notice everyone's starting to panic. A couple people reached out to me and like, Hey man, are you okay? Like, <laughs> do you need me? It's not, nah, nah, bro. I'm fine. I just, I'm confused with my relationship with social media. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, so I talk about this in my live this morning. I've, I've been trying to do a live the last mile of my run on the treadmill at like 6.35 every morning and just answer questions. And I've, I've really sort of got confused with what social media means to me and looking at people's stuff and being like, this is... Mike Rashid actually said it. Mike Rashid, he does this all the time. He's just like, why? Why'd you do that? And like, he just asked you that simple question. And so many times you're like, Shit, I don't, Mike, I don't know. I don't know why I upload that photo. So like, you gotta think like, if you upload a shirtless selfie or something like that, and then Mike Rashid's like, "Why did you do that?" You just instantly you're like, "I don't know, man. I'm so dumb. I'm sorry." <laughs> but I always think back to him, and like, I started looking at my page, and I was like, "Why?" And I have reasons why, right? Yeah. But to the other side is so my reasons why are I set really aggressive goals. Like I got an airplane this year. I got a 2004 Cessna 182 Turbo. Full glass cockpit. Like, it is a really nice airplane. It costs more than a fucking house. Like, it's a, it's not a starter airplane. Yeah, it's a beautiful plane. Yeah. And to me, everyone's like, oh, are you going to wrap it? No, I'm not going to wrap it because this is a starter plane for me. Yeah. This isn't my final form. Like yeah. this is the plane that I'm going to learn on for this year and I'm going to move up to a bigger plane. Yeah. How am I going to do that? I don't know. I don't yeah. have the resources. I don't have the finances. I don't, eh, it's not like there's money sitting in a bank account for that. It's like, well, no, I'm going to figure out how to make that happen. You know, yeah. whether I, I, I do tours in the plane or whatever I do to generate enough interest out of the plane where I can justify getting a bigger, better plane. And I do that with everything. So the second I do something, it's like, okay, cool. What's the next bigger goal? Because I feel like for me personally, I just like building. I don't care about income. I don't care about, I care about income because it allows me to build, but building is my thing, creating, building, setting goals. So I just keep setting more and more aggressive goals. And when I reach those goals, I'm proud. Yeah. And the pages that I follow, I follow people that reach goals. And when they reach goals, they post yeah. and they get, you know, a 600 pound bench or they build their new house or they get an airplane or they start a brand or they go out on their own or they start a detail company. Whatever they do, they, they start reaching these goals. And I don't really follow people that don't reach goals. So, you know, these thousand people that I follow, I see them crushing goals and it inspires me. Yeah. You know, like so, even people in the same, in the same marketplace, in the same, uh, uh, in the same fields as me selling the same product. Like I still get pumped when they crush goals. So I end up posting things that to me are crushing goals, whether it's my house, whether it's the view from my house, whether, whatever it is. And then sometimes I sit back and I'm like, am I just flexing on the internet all day long? Like, am I just look at all my stuff? Look at this thing. Look how cool my life is. Look how my, great my relationship is. Oh my goodness, I have a private gym. Oh, look, I have a trainer that I train with every Like, you know. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and every once in a while I see those comments and it's like, oh, must be fucking nice, bro, bragging. So I did take a step back and I thought, well, maybe, is it is it bragging? 
like looking at everybody else in the world and I was sitting on Mexico in the fucking beach drinking mojitos and like there's people struggling there's people losing businesses and I'm just in Mexico just chilling taking a week off and I was working like I was working every single day but I was still in Mexico on the beach yeah so part of it was like am I flexing like why am I posting on the internet if I stopped posting would it matter so trying to figure out my relationship with social media. I don't even remember why I was saying that. I th- I think that those are all really good questions and a lot of times like those are the questions that we never take inventory on is our relationship with with things. And social media is one of the biggest ones, man. I remember like early days of Instagram when when Instagram was just like it was just so casual, it was so easy, it was just like people posting photos of i don't know like whatever their everyday life and and now it's just become this like this this competition uh for who has the best lifestyle and who can show it off in in the most extravagant way and i think a lot of times like we we lose sight of what it really is i mean and that's that's one of the biggest reasons why i created um the roster runner page uh-huh. was because i had kind of got I lost my uh I guess passion or whatever for for social media I just kind of got bored with it I didn't know why I was posting I felt like I was just like I had to post yeah and then when I would post it wouldn't be something sincere and I was just felt like I was just going through the motions so my relationship with it had changed dramatically but now it's like with the Rasa Runner page, I feel like I'm contributing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm in service in some way. I'm teaching. I'm I'm feeling like it's more purposeful, and and I was able to like redefine my relationship with it that way. Yeah, one hundred percent adding value. That's it, man. You know, and that's why. Like I haven't had anything to post on my my main timeline recently. Yeah, and that's fine. And yeah. like I'm not even panicked about it. I don't even know. I don't know when the next time I'm going to post is, and I yeah. don't, I don't care. Yeah, and I'm really using my story because I think my yeah. story gives an insight to my life, and I don't take it as serious. But it it sort of shows people like, oh, this is everything I do on a day. Because a lot of people message me like, how do you do all that stuff? I'm like I don't know, just watch my story. Like I sort of cover it. Yeah, and then that live in the morning, and then getting these podcasts back. Yeah, I think the podcast is such an easy way, and I find myself listening to podcasts all the time. Yeah. Um, I also fall out of love with podcasts real fast. <laughs> so I don't know how to keep everybody entertained, but I'm going to try. I got a ton of messages uh, earlier today about people that were just excited to know that we're doing another one of these. Yeah. So I, I feel like I feel like they're working. I feel like people uh-huh. are getting value out of them. And so if you are listening right now, just know that, that we appreciate you for, for being here and for you know continuing to listen in and grow and – you know, just care about what we have to yeah. say. So thank you. Yeah. I think they're dope because you just hear uh, other perspectives. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and you know, like other things like, oh, wait, I, I want to cover this real quick. I, I probably shouldn't bury it so deep in the podcast, but I had no, you ran a race. <laughs> oh, yeah. <I> did. <laughs> right? Yeah. You ran a race. Two weeks so ago. So I looked at you as like. Once again, I'm going to say this and it might sound bad, but I looked at you as like invincible. Yeah. Like you were like, it was like, well, Dan, yeah, Dan's invincible. He can't be stopped. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then I saw this race and like, I went outside in the heat. So you took off in the morning and I was like, yeah, it's Dan. He runs in the dark, whatever. And Mm. you came back and you were like feeling good. You sat down for 10 minutes. Yeah. You took off again. 
And when you took off again, I went and ate. And then we came back. And I realized, I was like, oh, my God, he's still running. I was like, all right, well, whatever. It's been it's been eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Like, he can run for eight hours. Yeah. And then my I'm, perspective is I'm, I can't even be out in the sun at that point in time. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't even running. I was literally standing in a tent. Yeah. waiting for you to come back yeah. and I had to go to the minivan and put the air conditioning on and I was like I can't I, I think I gotta go back to the hotel and take a nap I'm gonna get heat stroke and then I was like wait and and it was funny because you kept saying you're like wait Dan's still running and like you're going through all this weird emotion Dana stripped down she was like sunbathing and like sweating and getting a sunburn and I was like guys you realize he's still out there in the desert running through the mountains <laughs> Well, so yeah, I, I, you yeah. know what? I don't think I had the appreciation for these ultras, especially even when I signed up for one. Yeah, I didn't have the appreciation for them in the environment that they're in. Mm. Like realizing, mm-hmm. like, oh, you run in the in the snow in Montana. Mm-hmm. So when you go down, and it's not even that hot; it's seventy five degrees. Right. But like seventy five degrees is hot when you're running in twenty degrees. One hundred percent. Yeah, and oh. then like even just a little bit of incline or you know the, the the day one how you said the uh the ground was a little more compact like it wasn't as soft as montana soil yeah like i don't think about those things yeah in my head what i've pictured is like these marathons where you're running on a relatively flat road and elevation changes 300 yeah you know and it's like oh yeah of course you know it's just like running on a treadmill yeah no nothing like so that. so many more factors to take into consideration i mean yeah the the heat was the great equalizer for me Mm -hmm. because in montana this whole prep at least through the winter months i've been training in 20 to 30 degree temperatures i couldn't really replicate the heat um and so when i got out there at 75 degrees it kicked my ass man i mean i ran those first 20 miles no problem because i started in the dark and it was cool but 10 a.m came around sun's out there's nowhere to hide man you're in the middle of the desert and uh it took a lot out of me to run those next 20 miles. 10 a.m. I was at a restaurant <laughs> called, uh, fuck, what was it called? It was called like Happy Happy Pete's Breakfast Restaurant or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Was it good? It was really good. Nice. I got like a cinnamon bun. I went Jeez. I went full, full just like, I might as well just do this. I don't know. <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah, I, Must be nice. <laughs> I was sucking down gel packs and electrolyte Ugh. water. <laughs> but I was standing in the parking lot and I had to move under the overhang at like 1045 in the morning because I was like, it's too hot to be out here. And then you would think to yourself, like, Dan's still running right now. And just yeah. that was always the line. Dan's still running. Yeah. We took a nap midday and came back. And I was like, Dan's still running. It didn't stop. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because on the surface, if you don't have any experience with with ultra runs, you think it's just a bunch of skinny guys and girls out there just running like, Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's easy. Like what do you have to do? You just have to run. That's it. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, uh, I even have a new appreciation for it after running that race because I got to see firsthand what happens to my body yeah. at those distances. And I think that if you, if you're not a runner, there are very few times throughout your life where you'll push yourself physically to the point of pain and exhaustion that I felt that other runners feel when they when they go that far. Mm-hmm. You're like knowing you ran until your body just was like, we're gonna make you stop now. 
That's exactly yeah, like how the, it finished. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I've never done anything to that. Yeah. Where, like, your, where your body shuts you down. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, like, lifted till my last rep. Grr, and, like, <laughs> you know, like, whatever. But yeah. I can't think of anything I've ever done where I've just done it until, you know, for, t- whatever, 20 hours, 22 hours. I, I don't I remember. 23 is when I tapped. 23 hours. Yeah. I've never done anything like that where... I've done it until my body said like, no, we're going to shut this, shut this thing down and put you on the ground and yeah, you're going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really, a really difficult moment too, because it was at mile 65, uh, mile 64 when every step that I took my low back and hamstrings were seizing with every single step. And at that point, mile 64, my ankles had swollen stiff, entirely solid. I wasn't getting any flexion or extension out of my feet. So every step I was just basically pounding the ground and uh, physically I was in a bad place, but mentally, uh, if, if I'm being honest, I was still strong. I was still in the fight. I still felt I was still happy. Yeah. That's another thing that I, I'm not there is like, how do you, how did like mentally, cause I understand you can like listen to music, listen to podcasts, like, my last mile that I run in the morning, we're talking four miles, <laughs> but my last mile, yeah. I, I, I live stream. So I don't pay attention to what I'm doing, Yeah, but that can only last for so long. So like how? So it, it, it kind of depends. So let me take you through each lap. So for those that didn't know, this was a hundred mile race, 20 mile laps. Yeah, I did something a little bit different with each 20 mile lap. The first time I was listening to music, uh, it was just happy. Everything was good. I got 20 miles under my legs, and then miles 20 through 40, I threw on an audio book. I started listening to Harry Potter. Hey. Harry Potter. That's my guy. Why do you whisper Harry Potter? For dramatic effect. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Love my Harry Potter. So I threw on Goblet of Fire, and I was listening to the Triwizard Tournament, and I was getting into it more than I was my race. I have race. no idea what you're talking about. Oh, uh, dude, it's great. The Triwizard Tournament. <laughs> Harry Potter saves Cedric Diggory. <laughs> Dude, you gotta realize it was dramatic. I understand, but you gotta realize, like, from my perspective, <laughs> like how ridiculous. Okay, uh, go on. Anyhow, check it out. <laughs> it, it's amazing. So, miles twenty through forty, I'm listening to Harry Potter audiobook. It was great. Now, miles sixty through eighty, it's starting to get dark. It's cold. My body's starting to feel it physically. Now my feet are swollen solid. Now it's ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night. Now, physically, I'm in the most pain that I've experienced since I was 13 years old. On this lap, I didn't have any distraction. I had no music. I had no podcast. Why was that? I didn't want it. Oh. I wanted. I just wanted to feel every bit of what I was feeling. I wanted to feel the pain. I wanted to be in that, hmm. in that suffrage. So uh, did you have it and shut it off, or did you go in there thinking like, no lap what was that so it was lap four yeah lap four did you go into lap four being like let's let's go head to head or no no so i went into lap four i started lap four mile 60 feeling really good yeah after leaving you guys yeah we took care of you man i'm (laughs) telling you so so for for those that don't understand how an ultra race works typically in the longer distances you have a support crew and your support crew is typically the people closest to you, the ones that love that love you, that care about you, that want to see you in. Every time I would come around to my support group every 20 miles, 
I was getting the royal treatment. I would sit down in my chair. I'd have Matt like sponge bathing me. I had Rob like giving me cookies and I had Daniel with like massaging my low yep. back. I had the Theragun on me. Like, man, it's like a, it's like a real Gab life. Gab was rubbing your head. I, Gab rubbed my head. I took a 10 minute nap. Yep. It was crazy. It was crazy. So going back to your question about like, how do I, how do I stay there? And so how you do felt, I well, uh, no, I, I still need the other question. We'll can mm. go back to that. So you left mile 60. Oh yeah. 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 With the intention of running with no music. Yeah. You said you felt good. Yeah. Oh, so you just wanted to feel that. Yeah. I felt good at mile 60. Do you, do you, well, I guess it wasn't mentally. So I was yeah. going to say, did you regret not having music? Nope. Okay. Nope. I mean, I, I, I didn't, I didn't regret it at all. In fact, I remember mile 60 just feeling happy. Like, man, that was like the great, that was so, I was just reliving like that whole pit stop with you guys and I was smiling and happy about it. But then I started getting deeper into, into the fourth lap and then the pain started setting in. And that was what, that was midnight, right? Yeah. Something like that. It was around midnight or so. It was about mile 64 ish. Everything was swollen in my feet. And here's, here's what, was probably the best part of the entire race. It, it actually it was the best part of the entire race. If if you could just picture this for a second, it's it's midnight, one a.m., two a.m. It's it's all in there. I'm still running at this time. It's pitch black. I'm in the middle of the desert. It's thirty thirty five degrees. By this point in the race, fifty of the hundred people had already dropped out. And over the course of 20 miles, 50 people isn't a lot. So for probably a two-hour period, I saw zero people. I'm truly all alone. Mm -hmm. I've got my headlamp. I've got my breath. I've got my feet hitting the ground. I've got the stars in the sky. That's literally all I have. I'm in the most physical pain I've felt since I was 13. And it was like the, one of the happiest moments of my life. It was amazing. And every step I took was so incredibly painful. Every step I took, my back and hamstrings were seizing, but it was, it was amazing. It hmm. felt so good. And I, if you haven't been there physically, you might think that it's crazy or you might think that I'm crazy, but I'm telling you, if you've ever been in that amount of physical pain, there's something there that just, it's, it just feels right. Hmm. And, and it was a really amazing time at mile 65. Uh, that's when I physically collapsed. That's when my body had shut down. Just basically said in that point, you're, we're done here. <laughs> yeah. We're done. Uh, I sat down on the ground for a few minutes, got my body back on board, knew that nobody is going to come get me right now. I'm literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's the weird part, too. Is... Yeah. So you were how many miles short of the aid station? Six? Six. So you were down. Yeah. But then you still have, like, you could have came, you could have went backwards how many miles? Four or five, or you could go forward six miles. Yeah, and those are your options. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and so nobody's gonna come save you in those moments, and I knew that, and so I took a few minutes. I got my body back on board. I got up off the ground, which was <laughs> not easy to do. I actually like 
peeled my way up a rock to get myself up onto my feet and I I made it happen. I got myself to the next aid station oh. for the next six miles. But again, it was in those six miles where I I peeled back a new layer of mm-hmm. who Dan Holguin is and what he's capable of. The eye contact is intense as you said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you guys can't see this, but um Yeah. Hell so yeah, dude. It, it was it was a really cool experience. And um I just yeah, I'm I'm like reliving it in my mind and trying to say it out loud and the words just aren't coming, but So what what was I doing, you ask? <laughs> what was I doing during all this? <laughs> um well we went to I think we went to Best Buy <laughs> and I think we went back to Walmart again. Okay. Uh, we had to get something from Walmart. I don't remember what. Um, I was actually uh, in the Walmart parking lot smoking a black and mild. <laughs> and then we went back, and I think we got something, some food at the gas station. Okay. Okay. We went back to the hotel, and we sat around the outdoor fire pit, but it was a little chilly. <laughs> so, like, we all went upstairs and got our hooded sweatshirts and stuff. And then... Uh, I think we all went to go take a nap. No, no, no. We went back to see you at your 60-mile check-in. Yep. yep. Now, we got there yep. early for the 60-mile check-in yep. because we just, you know, it was hard to figure out how long it was going to take. Yeah. And, you know, we were in the middle of the desert, and we had this, like, little, like, weird hut village yeah. in the yeah. center of a desert, aid <laughs> yeah. stations. Yeah. But, dude, we just kept seeing ambulances. Mm. Did I tell you that? No. So like uh-uh. there was that road like pretty far behind us and I was just like I just I remember thinking like man there's a lot of ambulances just zooming around. Yeah. And like now that I think back like I saw three ambulance trips while waiting for you. Mm. Um so we asked the woman next to us and she's like yeah yeah that's that's them picking up runners that just aren't okay. She's like actually one guy to get picked up from a helicopter. I saw that. And I was like wait. Yeah. What? I saw that helicopter that was at like at my between mile 60 and 61 yep jeez yep and just getting picked up by helicopters yep Ugh. it's crazy yeah man. it's a, it's a uh, it's weird to watch something that terrible because <laughs> it was terrible to watch was it I don't know it's just like to watch you run off into the darkness with a headlamp and be yeah. like well he'll be back in five hours it's weird huh it's kind of weird it feels and then you come back and like you're not running the same yeah, like yeah. you were doing like the, the old man run and yeah, like yeah. I'm just thinking about my body and I was like my body would break down so hard doing this yeah. and it's so weird to watch something so terrible and be like damn straight I want to do that <laughs> and <laughs> sign I, me but up but I think that's the difference right and that's the difference in a lot of people it's it's to make that joke about like oh I can't do this I like food too much or right. I can't put myself through that blah 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 and it's there's something about even just having that thought of like, I want to try that. Yeah. I want to see what my body does. Yeah. And like, does the helicopter take me or like what happens? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that what I've realized about my life over the course of it is that I, in so many times throughout my life have left so much on the table Yeah. because I just wasn't, I, I wasn't willing to put myself in situations to find out if mm-hmm. there's more. Yeah. And I got to a point when I was 27 where I was just tired of doing that. I was tired of falling short. I was tired of not following through. I was tired of just not living up to what I felt like I was really capable of. Yeah. And I, I feel like since 27, 28, I've really been like on a on a journey to figure out. Like, How old are you now? 34. I'll okay. be 35 next month. 
Yeah. So I, I've just been on this 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 journey to figure out what I'm capable of. Like, yeah. what's available to me if I really put myself in those positions? Yeah. yeah. Simple goal setting. It's just a different goal. That's it. Right? See what my body can do. Exactly. I like it. Exactly. And, and because there's so much carryover when you when you're doing something physically to every other area of your life, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And the quickest way that I've found to unlock those levels in, in the emotional, spiritual, mental categories is to go through something physical mm -hmm. that just sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just sucks, man. And it doesn't have to be running. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm a terrible swimmer at the moment. And I know that if I was to fall off a boat in the middle of the ocean right now, I'd probably drown. So this summer, one of the things that I want to do that I'm going to do is I'm going to learn how to swim. I'm going to learn how to swim good. And I'm going to swim around the island at Foy's Lake here in Montana, which to me sounds like an impossible goal. Same, bro. I can't swim. Yeah. That sounds impossible. Yeah. I'm doing that this summer. Have you talked to Dallin? No. Okay. About, so Dallin. Yeah. Uh, so FitCon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Keaton and I bought into FitCon. Dallin actually started FitCon. Yeah. So there's, there's three of us now that we're partnered on it. Okay. And Dallin does things like that. Like, I, I don't, he swam from somewhere, like maybe it's in Greece or like the Jeez. English Channel or something like that. I don't know Jeez. what it is. But he did some kind of like race where like he just signed up for it. And I think he had to swim some ridiculous amount, like six miles or Holy I'm pretty sure. In the ocean? I don't know. But nice. it was something where he was like, when he signed up, he couldn't swim. Yeah. He learned how to swim while doing it. Yeah. And then he got there and like barely made it. Wow. But yeah, there's something about that that's that's really, really big time. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. What I was, oh, you know my biggest regret? And I don't know. It's, you know, not taking what you're you're dealing with it in silence and the pain thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, So my back was, let me think. When you were running, I was not okay. Yeah, yeah. Like my back was trashed. Um, but I realized that I could jog. But, of course, going down there, I was like, well, I'm not bringing running shoes. Like I can't. I can't run or whatever. Yeah. And uh, having Danny... Danny was supposed to run a lap with you. Mm -hmm. um, but knowing that you didn't have anyone to run that fourth lap. Yeah. Bro, like, I almost wanted to do it in Metcons. And I, but I knew, mm. Mm. I turned to Danny and I was like, <sighs> like, I don't even need clothes. He's not running fast enough where my clothes are going to matter. But, like, I know if I run in these Metcons, I'm, I'm just not going to be okay. Yeah. If yeah. I had anything, and, like, you know, you came back for maybe like a 20 minute pit stop. Yeah. And that whole time, like, I know you didn't see me because I didn't want you to see me thinking, <laughs> but I was like, is there any way that I could like do this lap with him? Cause I could do, oh, yeah. you know, fresh, I could do, I, I think I can do, I don't know. <laughs> but in my head, I was like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. 20 miles in the dark right now. Like, I don't know how he's going to do this. Yeah. But that was my biggest regret was I just wish I would have brought running shoes. Oh yeah. And like, I didn't want to, I guess, hearing now I wouldn't have wanted to take that like that going to war yeah in the silence with the stars oh, with just yeah. your feet moment from you yeah but part of me was like man I wish I wish I could have ran that yeah but I didn't bring running shoes oh wow unprepared that would have been so I was panicking that whole time I was like I should do it I should do it I met, met cons and Dan's like you're an idiot <laughs> like you're because I just got shots what like two weeks ago yeah so I, I'm coming off two weeks of shots that just pretty much numb the pain in my back. And she's like, 
n- no. That's the dumbest thing. She's like, you're so there. stupid right now. I was like, no, I'm not. I have to be there for Dan. <laughs> and and that that's cool because like in a way that inspired you to 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 want to do more despite how you were currently feeling. Mm-hmm. I got back from that trip and man, I'm telling you, I got I lost count of how many messages from people just saying how my quote failure uh inspired them to start running that's awesome keaton too really yeah yeah keaton posted the other day he ran eight miles yeah keaton keaton what in that same post keaton's like i've ran what's there uh 52 62 miles or something like that over the past five weeks or something and uh yeah so so just like seeing feats of physical pain and torture like that yeah. is inspiring to, to some dude running is so cool it's so cool it's i've said it before it's a superpower man 100 percent a yeah. superpower and it, and you it goes away oh yeah if you don't do it oh yeah absolutely man yeah so how many days are we out from the next one 112 <laughs> yeah so <laughs> my man sent me this video um I'll probably link the video or, or something like that, but yeah. the video of the elevation. Oh yeah. <laughs> so 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 oh, yeah. we're running in Bryce Canyon, which uh, the elevation is like way worse than what you ran, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, much. Dude, it's just mountains. You're yeah. up a mountain, down a mountain, through a valley, through a quarry, through the above. It's just. So you sent me this video, and you're like, "Hey, man, here's the elevation." So I watch it. <laughs> I'm watching it and it's like, oh my god, this is crazy. And Dana's watching it with me, and I'm like, this is insane. Like, look at all this, and it's just going, going, going. <laughs> and I'm watching it for what feels like ten minutes, and then it's like, boop, aid station one, six miles. And I was like, wait, <laughs> that was only six miles. And I was like, we still got forty, forty-four more miles. Like, because it was like a almost like a drone flying the uh-huh. course. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, the race starts at 7,000 feet. It's so crazy, dude. It's yep. such a crazy race. Yep. So I asked my um my doctor, uh, my or- orthopedic surgeon, I guess he is. Okay. So I have a couple people. I have Thomas, who's my PT. Yep. He puts the needles in my back yep. to make sure that, so my bulging discs and degenerative discs are throwing my spine, which is throwing my hips, which is throwing the sciatic nerve down my hamstring and glute, which won't release my hamstring and glute. So it's it's like my back's hurt, but it generates all the pain in my glute and my hamstring, and then now down into my knee. All right. So I have a spinal surgeon, spine surgeon, spinal doctor, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's pretty cool. She, like, doesn't want me to get surgery. I have the orthopedic guy who's like, I don't want you to get surgery, but you got a fusion coming up real soon. Yeah. And then uh, I got Thomas who's like, Hey man, let's just try to make this work. I'll stick these needles in you. And then you got me. And then I got you who the second I'm okay. You're like, all right, cool, man. We're doing this. <laughs> we got a race. And yeah. So I was talking to my orthopedic surgeon. I was like, Hey man, cause he runs. Uh, do you know Austin? What's his last name? Johnson. No, I don't. Okay. So no. he, he's a runner. He's, okay. He does he does marathons and stuff like that. Okay. He gave me a book to read. It was called like uh, something about running um, on your on your on your midfoot. It was like the perfect stride or something like that. Okay. Uh, but he's a runner. Okay. And uh, a doctor that wears cowboy boots, by the way. Tight. Like when, when my doctor walked in wearing cowboy boots, I was like, I am in the right spot. <laughs> so only a month. I was like, hey man, like 
I signed up for an ultra in Bryce Canyon. And he was like, okay. And I was like, well, I didn't know my back was going to be hurt. And now that my back's hurt, like, what do you think? He's like, what, what do you mean? What do I think? <laughs> and, uh, I was like, do you think I should do it? And he's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, wait, do you think I can do it? He's like, yes. And I was like, oh, so you think I can do it. You just don't think I should do it. And he's like, well, listen, he's like, so what's the problem, right? The problem is your spine. So all this impact and everything, yes, you can take that impact. The problem is you're going to lose all the strength in your core and your lower back by, say, mile 42. Mm -hmm. And then at mile 42, you're going to be running a ridgeline and you're going to step on this dumb piece of shale rock <laughs> and you're going to slip yeah. and you're not going to be able to recover and keep it tight because you're going to be all sloppy and tired and you're going to throw your back out really, really bad. Now, when your back's out like that, what can you do? Like, well, I can lay on the floor and scream. Like, <laughs> Until Dana comes to help Yeah, me. and he's like, all right, so mile 42, you're going to be laying on the ground in Bryce Canyon screaming? I was like, yes. And he's like, and then Wrong what? Answer. And I was like, I guess I get a helicopter ride. <laughs> like, I don't know. And he's like, yeah. And unfortunately, so there's this really good thing about the internet, and there's this really bad thing about the internet, okay, right? okay. So the internet shows you greatness, right? For example, David Goggins. He would be like, yeah, I did it, and then my shins broke, and I shit myself, and I fell off the cliff, and I, I climbed back up the cliff, and I still finished because I'm not a bitch. And you're like, okay, one dude in the world that can be like that? Yeah. Like, everyone else gets hurt, and their shins break, and they shit themselves, and then they stop because it's ridiculous, yes. right? But one dude doesn't stop. So the great thing about the internet is it shows you that greatness, right? The other thing about the internet is it shows that greatness to average people. And then when you tell them that like, oh, you only made it 64 miles, they're like, or, you know, Dan ran 64 miles. They're like, David Goggins fell off a cliff and shit himself and broke his ankles <laughs> and still finished. And you only ran 64 miles. Yeah. And it's like, well, you don't actually know David Goggins. And there's only one of him. Like, right. So it almost like... It shows you magic to chase, but then it also gives people to be like, oh, I know a dude who did this. And it like, it opened up that circle of like, I knew a dude in high school that benched 600. It's like, <laughs> all right, man. And how like often that, do we hear those I'm stories. still proud of myself for benching six. Yeah. I, I never benched six, but. So that's one of the funny things about the internet. It's that like <laughs> yeah. double-sided coin of like, yeah, you know, but. What's the most you've ever benched? I don't know. I don't think I've ever gone over 405. Mm-hmm. There's a video of me on 405 doing it for like 10 reps, though. Jeez. Um, I just always operated in plates because yeah. Dana, I always benched with Dana. Yeah, okay. It's another reason why Dana's bench is so big is because I never really let her bench under 135. Okay. I was like, I'll just spot you. Just get comfortable because <laughs> I don't feel like taking these off and putting on other oh, weights. Enough. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, laziness made Dana strong. Mm. Um, well, Dana made Dana strong. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I, think I really stopped it at 405 because okay. my shoulders would hurt or whatever yeah yeah um i got you so but that you... was also back before like seeing crazy crazy strong people so right. like when i would put on 405 at the gym everyone it was just like this is amazing it's like yes it is i'm amazing there's no one here can do this and now like you got people on the internet doing six seven plates and it's like what you just keep scrolling like, yeah oh, another you can guy. see david goggins and like all of a sudden you're not special <laughs> right so right 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 how do you feel about this race now? 
giving, giving so it's weird because i talked to myself um when i was very hurt so it was like the week before christmas um <clears throat> and i had a conversation with myself and i was like hey man if you beat this and you're able to walk and 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 you can like start going on car rides again and and you're not miserable because like there was things like i couldn't poop mm. like so like you gotta think like i couldn't take a shit i couldn't fart if i sneezed it was like the end of me like all these things and i was like i can't live like this like i can't think creatively i can't uh i would drive from whitefish to thomas's and within the, like the last seven minutes i'd just be crying because I could, I could drive like 17 minutes, but like 23 minutes was too far. So that last, I would just be in so much pain and just like, I don't know. Like that's, I couldn't put my socks on for five months. So, which, you know, Dana would put my socks on every day. So just little things like that. It's like, man, if I ever get by, past this, like, I'm not going to do anything to take this for granted. I just, yeah. I'll train light. I swear to God, I'll train light. I won't lift up anything heavy. I won't do anything weird. Um, and I was like, remember that when you get better. And then of course, the second I got better, I was like, no, I'm living life. <laughs> like I was thinking like, and I, I was thinking like that because I was in pain mm -hmm. and I was thinking like that because I was just, I was beat down and I was just like begging to be semi okay. And now that I'm okay, I'm thinking with a much clearer head. So I'm, I remember that guy the week before Christmas saying that to myself, telling me to remember it. <clears throat> but now that I am where I am, I'm like, no. Yeah. Like, this isn't... I'm 30. They tell me my back's never going to get better than this. Cool. Well, let's run, run 50 miles then. <laughs> like, let's right. get the most out of this that I can. 100%. And, you know, maybe next year I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be worse off, but at least I'll, I'll have this, you yeah. know? Instead of just, what, sitting around and waiting to get worse off? Yeah. Like, they're telling me my disc's going to wear away to nothing. It's like, okay, cool. Let's use these up. Like, yeah. I don't want to use them up sitting at my house. Yeah. So, um, I mean, unfortunately, right now, I, four miles is what I'm doing. And I'm not, no elevation, so it's on a treadmill, so it doesn't even count. But, I mean, I don't know. My plan is to do it. Yeah. I don't have, it's going to be a shit show. Mm -hmm. Like, because, I mean, you see me now where my conditioning's at. Like, you beat the hell out of me this morning by making me do the rope for 40 seconds yeah like that's not a good sign going into running 50 miles through rice canyon so the other thing i have the other thing that well, i was going to say it earlier when we were talking about the uh like the the fast results thing and oh, yeah. just like magic making it happen or getting a big loan one of the greatest things is and that's the other thing that i have is a superpower that i wish everyone had which is when you try to do something that's really, really, really hard and you hit every single roadblock and you think around those roadblocks and you don't get investments, you don't do credit cards, like whatever you're trying to do, like you put the fucking work in and it takes a long time to do it. And then you do it like starting Flagner fail, for example, like dude, all those little things I didn't navigate through. And then I actually like at one point in time to turn, I was like, Oh my God, I started a brand. This is real. And like, same thing at Dana, like Dana, you made it in the fitness industry. Like everything told us we couldn't do it. And like, I took on my workload, you took on your workload, we buried our heads and we did it. And once you do that, and it's not like, like finishing a homework assignment, it's, it's actually doing something where there's no roadmap. There's no, there's no recipe for it. You're like fighting and, and figuring it out. Once you do it, it clicks and you're like, Oh, I'm invincible. I can do anything <laughs> I want to do. Yeah. And 
there's people that don't have that. You yeah. know, that's like, it's not, people can tell you that all day long and you cannot believe it. But then when you go to do something and it doesn't work out, you're like, oh, see, I know I can't do anything. But once you do one thing and you, you fight through the creativity to get around the, the roadblocks and things like that, and you realize that you can actually do it, you just realize that that translates across the board. 100%. So you're like, and that's, I think that's, that's you. It's like, okay, so I can ride bulls. So I can, I can do Ninja Warrior. Like you can run. And then whatever you do after this, you, you already know you can do that. Not like, oh, my body's not built for it or this or whatever. I don't live in the right state. It's so cold. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's that like click of confidence and it's not cocky. It's just like, no, I know I can do anything. I know that I'm capable of yeah. problem solving until I get the result that I want. Exactly. Which is why if you want to start any kind of business, I can tell you in 15 minutes how to do it with no startup capital and make it work. Yeah. Or you want some kind of lifestyle, I can tell you exactly how to do that lifestyle. It's like, yeah. Because I'm just telling you what I would do if I was in that position. Exactly. And then I have full confidence that I could do it if I wanted to. Yeah. So uh, that's a that's a really, really cool thing. And I think that's also, too, that, that mile 60, that's also that's one of those things that you're teaching about yourself. Like, oh, my body can do this. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. uh, and then you just, you're just that much stronger of an image. I remember when you, you made, you had us run Logan's pass, gunsight pass. Gunsight. Yeah. Yeah. Gunsight. And yeah, like, yeah. dude, what was that? 20? It ended up being 22. So 22 miles. Yeah. So we ran, so in my head, it's 25, <laughs> but <laughs> so 22 miles. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, 22 miles is easy. Like that day was not easy. Yeah. But in my head, it's easy. Because I did it already. Of course. So just like it adds to that confidence and it's really, really cool. And that's why you have to do stuff. You have to do crazy stuff because that, like granted that was for running, but that translates to other things. Absolutely. Man. You know what I mean? And it's like once you make it through this over here, you know I can make it through that over there. It's not yep. a big deal. Yep. And then time after time that you continue to do things like that, you open up a whole new level of who you are. Mm -hmm. And you open up an entirely new lifestyle. And, and that's, that's been the coolest thing. It's like I put myself in these wild situations to do something that I may not have thought that I would ever be able to do. I either fail at it, I don't do it, or I manage to somehow pull it off. But either way, it's unlocked a new level for me. And it has just it, – it's been the biggest – the biggest thing in my life that I wish I would have started doing young at a younger age. Yeah. Like, why wasn't I thinking this way when I was, I don't know, 16, 17, you know what that, I mean? Why didn't I start that, sooner? That's the one question I always get is like, if you can go back and tell yourself one thing, it's like, dude, just fucking go all out and do everything. Just everything. Like, and everyone's like, oh, when should I start a business? Now, yeah. this minute, yeah. this 15 fucking minutes ago. Yeah. You should have, whatever you want to do, you should have done it. Yep. I have a friend right now who has been, who's been in my inbox, a good friend who's been in my inbox for, I would say over a month and a half. Who's like, Hey, I want to start working out, but I need you to, I need you to send me some links on some workout gear that you think that I should get. And, and I don't even respond to it because I'm like, you're waiting for me to tell you what to wear so that you can take control of your health. But dude, Bro, you're behind. It's, uh, yeah, but that's I'm telling you, and that's the that's like the mindset, and it's it's just that it's that click, dude. Yeah, it's someone who hasn't who hasn't had that click of like, oh, I can do that. Yeah, 
you know, and, and it translates to everything. And I, and once again, I used to be a hard ass with, Oh, well just fucking do it. Pussy. Yeah. But now that I had like this last five months of not training, like I realized, Oh, your head goes somewhere different. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, I'm a worthless piece of shit. Yeah. Like I can't do that. I suck. And how to get out of it. I, you just start like start like my training sessions right now. Yeah. If you would show me right now to me a year ago, yeah, like I'm looking back on a year ago, I was like, oh, I was a monster, dude. Like quick feet, I could jump through the roof. I had really good size. Now I'm like 260, slow, half the stretches I can't do. I have to like mod every exercise because I'm like, oh, my leg can't bend like that because of my nerve pain. And it's like, if you would have showed me right now to me last year, it's like, yeah, yeah you are, you're a fucking loser right now. But... <laughs> Every single day, I've made whatever one two percent progress. That's it, man. I was like, okay, cool. I just got I got four months, and I'll be I'll be better than that dude from a year ago. It's just gonna take me four months. Yeah, I saw a cool upgrade today. It was rough. It was. It was. was. I haven't seen you sweat like that in a minute. No. But at the same time, that was cool to see, man. I mean, and we talked about it during training this morning. But like, you felt like you were about to throw up. Okay, cool. We just felt nauseous the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. We just unlocked a new level. Yeah, and Excellent. I think some of those times where you thought I might have been resting, yeah, I wasn't resting. I was like looking over to say like, okay, cool. I'm about to do this swimmer kick thing. Mm-hmm. If I do throw up, I'm not like, because I can't stand up fast right now. <laughs> I have to like pull, like it's, whenever we switch exercises, I like pull one knee up. Yeah. And then I have to like release my hips to, so my hips fall under. Yeah. And then load them and then stand up. Yeah. And that's how I get no pain. So it takes me a second. So gotcha. I was like laying there. I was like, I really feel like this exercise can make me throw up. <laughs> how far am I from the mats? So at least I can throw up on the mats mm-hmm. so I don't throw up in the turf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I, I had that thought so many times today. <laughs> It was one of those days. So sure. good, man. You were talking about how do you how do you change the the belief of or the the habit of just not putting yourself in those situations to be uncomfortable and to grow or uh, in a place of urgency. I, you said just do it, and I think that that's uh, an incredible first step. But I think that for the more analytical person, sometimes just do it doesn't work because mm-hmm. we need to have the whole we need to have like the whole picture planned out for us and and so here's something that i did um that kind of helped to uh upgrade my identity i guess is like the 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 fancy way to say it i grew up a um shy timid undersized kid who didn't have a lot of confidence because he was afraid of everything and when i got to a point where i was going to start taking control of my life and doing more and being bold and, and all of that stuff. I had to, I had to start making a set of what I guess you could call principles Mm -hmm. that kind of alluded to the life that I wanted to live and what I wanted to stand for. And so for the more analytical mind, um, you've got to create your, your ethos. You've got to create your principles of how you want to carry out each day. And this is something that has made a massive change in my life since I first started doing it. And every so often my principles change. But I know that my core values are this, this, and this. And the reason that it's important to have these principles is because throughout your day you're going to be presented with 
a hundred different options to do a hundred different things. And most of us don't know what it is that we want to stand for or what we want to believe in. And so we kind of just go with the flow with whatever comes our way and we weave in and out of things and we don't ever really commit or we don't really have as much passion or as much courage because we really just don't know what we want or what we want to stand for. But man, when you have a set of core values or principles or an ethos, it makes weaving in and out of those decisions so much easier. Uh-huh. It, it, it's like it's like when you were a kid and you were bowling. Most kids, they put like the inflatable lanes on the sides so that the ball actually like goes in one direction uh-huh. over time. That's what those principles are. It, it's like those bumpers along the way for you so that even if you do kind of get off track, you have a principle that is going to bring you back on course mm-hmm. and move you forward. So I think that creating a set of principles or an ethos, you've, you've got to have it. Yeah. That that takes me back to something that shaped me uh, that I'm forever like thankful for, which is, all right, so long story, short story. Um, uh, grew up with alcohol in my family. Yeah. And when I was... <clears throat> 15 years old because I couldn't drive yet right I had my my best friend Dave Lindsay had an older brother um, who I I really like looked up to he's a singer in a band like he just a, seemed like a really cool guy right and uh, I had a girlfriend forever I don't know why I even had it whatever she was like mm. but yeah, I just didn't know what to just like oh this is my girlfriend yeah. this is what you have this you is have what a girlfriend she's just here yeah yeah and then she went to Australia and like cheated on me with a bunch of dudes cool which i was like 15 years old i was like i think i'm heartbroken i don't know (laughs) and uh my boy was like nah man fuck that and she's like well i was drunk and i was like is that like an excuse like you know when you're young you're trying to navigate like and i was like okay cool so you were drunk is that and uh my boy dave Lindsay was like nah man Fuck that. Alcohol is for weak people. It's ex- It makes excuses. Mm. You should be straight edge. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's straight edge? And he's like, bro, my brother's straight edge. And like, so I started listening to straight edge music, straight edge hardcore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I stand for this fucking thing. Like, I don't put poison into my body. I don't, I don't consume things. I don't change. What, so like, I stopped uh, taking Advil. I stopped, I think I stopped doing coffee. Like, I, uh... If I got, like, tooth uh, drilled or anything, I'd be like, nah, just drill it. Like, <laughs> I was, like, a little badass, right? Yeah, yeah. And then when I went to college, um, that's when everyone really started drinking, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. because I had that ethos of, no, I'm straight edge, it wasn't even, like, a conversation. It was like, you want to drink? I was like, no, nah, I don't drink. And they're like, what? Pussy? And I'm like, no, nah, I just don't I don't drink. I'm straight edge. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what? You, you just blew their mind. Well, I don't. So, what are you gonna do the whole time? I'm like, I'm gonna party with you guys. I'm gonna have a really good time. Yeah. And I'm just gonna be sober. Yeah. And what that forced me to do was, uh, and once again, that probably turned out good for now. But it, I, I learned how to operate around people, and not need the crutch of being a little buzz to feel good. Yes. So, like, I learned how to talk to people better. I learned how to like flow through a crowd and have a wide variety of friends when a lot of people needed you know, that little bit of buzz to like, feel good to be like, okay, cool. Let me, now I can talk to people. Now I can right. be myself. Yes. And once again, it was just cause I set that re and it, dude, it was so simple. And now that I drink, like, you know, I'll go to dinner and Dana gets wine. She's like, are you drinking? I'm like, I don't know. 
it's Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll have a mule. Like, yeah. But like, it's that making a decision because you don't know. I don't know. Do I drink on Wednesdays? I'm an yeah. adult. No one's going to yell at me. You know, if I just have one, it won't mess up my trip. And so you do all that thinking when if I just showed up and was like, no, I only drink on the weekends. Yeah. It's so easy to make that decision. And then it just shapes who you want to be. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that now that's huge. And that's something that I, I guess I just didn't realize. Like, I'm very uh, shoot from the hip. Yeah. Like, you know that about me. Yep. And, like, I don't have those really organized core principle values about myself. Like, I could probably break them down. But I can only think, like, how easy a day would be. Yeah. If I was like, no, these are my rules. This is exactly who I am. Yeah. Like, Ugh. Yeah. And especially if you in the in the right mindset you wrote them down. So you wrote like the best version of yourself. <laughs> exactly. You're like, no, I don't eat processed food. <laughs> yeah. Like so then you see donuts and you're like, no, I don't eat processed that's processed food. It's, Whoa. All right. My personality and, and maybe yours is the same. I can I can flip a switch with just about anything mm-hmm. and and have it just be how things are now. Um, I think that's a blessing and a curse at the same time. But I know that when it comes to uh, getting clear on what I want, it makes things easier because when I was, when I was younger um, from the time I was, let's say 2013 or so on forward, I had a coach, a football coach. And the biggest thing that he taught was discipline on the field and uh, I guess if, if I was to give an example, discipline on the field, meaning that, uh, you know, I'm not talking shit to the other players. Mm-hmm. I'm being respectful to the refs. I'm not, I'm not uh, arguing play calls, whatever. I'm just doing my job. And I noticed that a lot of the discipline that I gained on the field transferred into my everyday life, which is kind of like what helps me to create that, that cold switch. If I flip it, then that's just, that's just the gospel now. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like what you're saying. It's like... I'm like that with some things. Yeah. I, I struggle. Food I struggle with. Food? Food. I... Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Food for me is the thing right it's now. It's tough, man. Yeah, um, food's tough, man. But yeah, like, I don't know. I I know where my down... Like, my downfalls are with training and things like that, which mm-hmm. is exactly why. Like, hey, man, we need to do legs and yep. core. Yep. Because... Right now, I can't train legs traditionally, yep. and I'm not going to get on a BOSU ball by myself. Yep. Not going to do it. I'm not going to show up 4 o'clock in the afternoon and be like, <laughs> all right, let me just bounce on this BOSU ball. And like, No. Yeah. You, you need to tell me to do that. Yeah. And then core is the same thing. It's like, I don't want to do core. So, yeah. But I like the way you actively do core. So. And then food. Trifecta mm-hmm. helps me out a lot. Like, I don't go to the grocery store. Trifecta's good, man. Dude, it's so good. It's, I mean, it's, I, I remember you guys had a bunch of stuff in the fridge one day. And I remember Dana that day, she's like, hey, if, you, if you're hungry, man, there's food over in the fridge. And mm-hmm. I like, went over there and I was looking at all this different stuff. And I didn't know what to start with. So I just grabbed one thing and hoped for the best and yeah. started eating it. And I'm like, wow, this is, I'm, I'm actually surprised on how good this yeah. food is. Yeah, and now I, I order a la carte now. Okay. So I just get like, a bunch of different vegetables, uh, a bunch of different protein sources. Okay. Uh, and then a bunch of different carbohydrates and then whatever I'm in the mood for, I mix it up. That's cool. So, but the problem is we've been traveling so much recently right. that we're just like our chest freezer is full now. Oh yeah. Cause if we're gone for a week, that's a full box yeah. of stuff. But dude, it, and especially I, 
it makes me forget about the real world so much <laughs> because mean? I've so I'm making my own universe. Yeah. That's like my whole main goal. Like with a plane, with a, I just want to be in complete control of my life. Like I don't if there's something I don't like, I want to fix it. You know what I mean? So like flying, I don't like TSA. I don't like lines. I don't like following rules of weird people in vests that you know whatever right. they, oh no don't stand over there stand over there three feet it's yeah. like what I, I don't like this yeah um, and that's something like I, going to the supermarket like just being around a bunch of people that yeah. don't think like me and don't yeah. put their carts back and you know yeah, uh, we all know I don't wear a mask, and then like I'm not used to people glaring at me. Wait, you don't wear a mask? No, so no. <laughs> so I'm like smiling at everyone because yeah. that's my default. I'm yeah. just whenever I'm in public, I I always think to myself, I need to smile and be nice. So I'm like smiling and being nice, and I'm like half the people glare at you, and I'm like, why are yeah. these people glaring at me? The other half are just confused. <laughs> like, wait, not wearing a mask is an option? I didn't know. Right. Uh, but like, yeah, dude, trifecta just cut all that out. That's cool. It shows up at my house, and now, like, I, sh- I go there for more vegetables because I, I, I like vegetables a lot. Yeah. But outside of that, like, if having the food show up at your house saves so much time. Yeah, and I think a lot of people view a meal prep service like Trifecta um, as only something for athletes, bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. But really, like, meal prep service, I, I recommend it to all of my clients. Oh, yeah. I don't care if you're a business owner. I don't care if you're just, like, a busy mom or someone who's short on time having your food done for you and having good food done for you is a lifesaver yeah and will definitely keep you on track saves you from making all those weird little decisions yeah man and and honestly saves you money that's that's the big thing Mm -hmm. we don't think that that having a service like that is uh valuable enough to pay for i'm telling you that stuff saves you money it keeps you healthier it's a win-win man yeah i mean if you really you can also be super disciplined go buy bulk food yourself and do it obviously but like i don't know man i don't have enough time in the day as it is yeah like i mean already today i told you i'd be here at two (laughs) o'clock and i'm running down this other guy's shop i'm picking out flooring yeah bro you know what i just had to make a decision for we're doing 6400 square feet of flooring in the warehouse okay it's a lot of floor that's a lot and i had to pick out what floor i wanted today Uh, how stressful that is (laughs) like well let me just make this it's $20,000 in material. Holy. A flooring holy. plus installation. It's just like this. I feel nauseous. And you I did. like that one. Yeah. I oh, did. sheesh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's intense. Yeah, this building's been a big thing. How you feeling? So this happens a lot. I feel... I don't like feeling bad. So I feel disappointment. I'm, I feel I feel upset. Um, because I... Uh, whatever. The, the crew... The, the, the builder and the architect and whoever else is involved... There, it, it's been very sloppy. Right. And a lot of... I'm, so I have, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not, let's just put it this way. I don't have a very good taste in my mouth right now with this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, and I, you know, I know it's not supposed to be like this. Uh, I have enough friends who build things. I have enough architect friends that I'm telling them what's happening in my process. 
and they're like, wow, man, that's, that's not right. Like, that's not how things <laughs> that's work. That's not the step. And, uh, yeah, like, it shouldn't be this fucked up. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know. Like, what's going on? I'm paying yeah. all these people to do jobs, and they're just fucking it up. And I, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the opportunity to be like, woe is me again, right? Like, woe is me. I'm building this building, and it's getting all fucked up. But I just keep thinking, like, whoa, cool, man. I've been through everything now. Like, by the time I'm done this, my brother and I are going to be able to fucking rip through building apartment complexes. Absolutely. So, oh. like, I didn't go to college. Uh, I went to college and I dropped out. But, like, I didn't go to college for business. But I got fucked over by a dude in business. And that count as business <laughs> school for me. Yep, you know what I'm I mean? Educated. So, I, I didn't go to school to be a, a builder or yeah. a developer or anything like that. But I'm in college right now. Yep. You know, and the college is going to take me time and it's going to take me emotion. It's going to take me a little bit of extra money. But, like, I'm learning everything I need to learn right now. Every trade, uh, every part of the Everything, process. man. Yeah. Everything. And mistakes and how people, when they make mistakes, they pass blame. And I knew this, but now I'm learning, like, the the tendencies of where the blame goes. So it's like, okay, cool. If I if Now that I know that blame's going there already we're halfway through the project and I'm heading stuff off of the pass. Mm -hmm. So before they can blame, you know, the electrician, I'm going to talk to the electrician coming back. So when, you know, they say, Oh, well this couldn't get done because HVAC was held up by the electrician. Bam. I have your answer. And then you see people's faces be like, Oh, I'm not dealing with an amateur anymore. Yep. I'm dealing with the dude who understands the building process. So I just look at it as I'm just going to college. I'm 37 going to college. <laughs> I like but that. I love it, man. I love, uh, I love learning and I'm learning everything and I love learning the hard way because yeah. if I didn't learn the hardware on this, because this project is, it's not, a, I mean, it's, it's a big project, but it's $2 million. Okay. So like, it's probably gonna be more than two. It'd probably be like 2.5 all said and done. Okay. Um, plus then we're going to build a couple more buildings, but so it's like not a giant project. It's big, but it's not like I have friends with $40 million warehouses. Um, but thank God this didn't go smooth. And then I go to build a $40 million warehouse. Yeah. Or, you know, one of my big goals is uh, building the storage complex this year. Yep. And, like, we got numbers back on that. And that's, like, a $7 million project. So, like, I'm really glad I went through this. Or I'm going through this for $2 million. And then when, like, because I'm taking investors on the storage project. So, like, can you imagine if I took investors and then I had to learn all my lessons in that? Ugh gross <laughs> like asking asking my friends to invest on like a sure thing and then just like fumbling around yeah. like a fish sorry man the electrician sorry, today yeah. didn't show up or whatever. i don't know what i'm doing yeah so yeah i like that i'm learning what's going on now because once again that's a bigger goal for me is i want to start i want to start building things and uh like this storage unit thing is is looking at traditional storage units and then figuring out how to make them better or what services you wish you had out of a storage unit complex. Gotcha. And then, uh, same thing with all the Airbnbs. Like I'm not just running out houses. I'm running out houses that I want to stay in. And I put things in the houses that I wish they had. So if I can ever build an apartment complex, which is one of my goals because it's scary. Yeah. And I want to do a scary $15 million project where like everything I've ever done is on the line. Yeah. And I want to make it, in in and have things in it that like oh this is better you know yeah. yeah i thought different i took things that i learned i spent a little extra money and i made these apartments better and then people are going to want to live there of course so just in college right now man would you be your 
general contractor on the future builds, knowing what you will know then? Um, I, with, with my brother, yeah. Okay. So, for example, we're going to build um, a 20,000 square foot building right in front of this trailer. Okay. So, we have building one and building three, forcing me to build building number two. <laughs> um, so, that's going to be about 20,000 square feet, and it's almost going to be like this other one without the offices, and we're going to do that ourselves. Excellent. So, um, but yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, this is common sense now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and that needs to start on before we pave the road, to be honest. Because we got to run septic over. We got, you know, we got a lot of work to do. So all the underground stuff. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, so yeah, what uh, what's going to be going in that building? So that's going to be overflow. So okay. um, my big thing with this building for Flagner Fail is I only want to have Flagner Fail in there. Okay. And I want to have all the other brands live somewhere else. Like I want to start cleaning it up so that like it's a hard line cut. Got it. Something that I get asked quite a bit. I'm not really sure because it's not even my building, but is Flag North Fail going to have a storefront for I love retail? how you receive so many questions. I, I get... I love it. Hey, man. I get a ton. I know. I um, are we going to have a storefront? Uh, we're going to have a, a version of a storefront. Okay. Um, and we still have all that property out by the road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we'll see. Okay. Gotcha. We're at an hour and 20 minutes. That's a long time. Dang, man. That's plenty long. Damn. I'm going to call it here. Okay. So that we can have more podcasts. Let's, we should just do this regularly. I'm totally down. If, now we got this sweet trailer set up and we're, we're hardlined into my other building. We got the fireplace. I got the vibe. Yeah, I, had to, I had to get up at one point in time and turn the heat down. <laughs> That's perfect. It was like 79 <laughs> degrees in here. I'll tell you what. Uh, for those that are listening, if you would like to see us do these more on a regular basis, mm-hmm. uh, send me a message. Let me know your thoughts. Ask him questions. Yeah. I seem to get all of them anyways. I'll share some of the weird ones. I probably get the same questions. I just don't answer them. (laughs) The only things I answer is when people like are angry at me. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, you want to go head to head? Cool. Let's go. I got a few of those over the weekend too. Wait, angry at you? Oh, yeah. About carrying. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That was a. Oh, yeah. Because you're you're part of the problem. I'm part of the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a, a really interesting. I got some hateful messages, man. Uh, and to be I honest, I I get maybe one or two hateful messages a week about the gun thing. I mean, I probably got a dozen at least. Yeah, people are intense. people are really really brainwashed one direction now. Yeah, um, they're really it's it's never been like this before. Yeah. But it's uh, people have lost the ability to think for themselves, I and agree. they like to just fall into lanes. Yeah. You know, and it uh, it sucks, man. It sucks. And I think that, you know, and you're getting mad at a weird dude. Like, you're a weird dude. Very weird. You know, Very. you're at a, a girl's <laughs> gymnastic event. Right. A Mexican dude with dreads who's an ex-bull rider ultra runner. Like, you're, who lives in Montana. Yeah. You're a weird dude. I'm, a, I'm uh, not going by the term vegan anymore, but... <laughs> I'm a non-meat consuming, you know, gun toting. Yeah. Like I, non-mask wearing. Yeah. Just <laughs> a lot of different things. Yeah. And uh, I like to just look at things and think for myself. And I just feel like people just fall into lanes. It's easy. man. Uh, whenever I post about the no masks and I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't wear masks. I get the most hate 
from um, homosexuals. Mm, okay. And they're like, oh, so you're racist. I'm like, wait, what the <laughs> fuck? Or they're like, oh, you don't, you know. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's it's like, well, no. no. I didn't say that. I like, would... <laughs> I, when did I, wait, race and then homosexual and then. Yeah. I just said I don't like wearing a mask. And then your brain starts melting over the response. But it's because they just put you with all oh. super, super far right. Yeah. It's like, if you don't wear a mask, that's where you are over there. Yeah. Or, you don't, or you don't believe in COVID. Yeah. 100% I believe in COVID, man. Like, uh, but it's, it's weird how you say one thing like that. And yeah. it's like, okay, cool. So, you, so like for example, pro-gun. So you believe in all these other things. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, man, I... I address each topic individually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I'm I'm doing more of that now when I start to get those types of messages. I'm just going to I'm just going to put them out there. I'm going to I think you explained them. yourself really well. Thanks. With the gun. But once again, I'm pro gun. Yeah. You know. So I actually got a few people that are not pro gun that were like, "Thanks." Yeah. Yeah, you handled that well. You're mellow. One person was like, "Most most gun she said like most gun owners are aggressive and angry and you were calm and collected so thank yeah. you <laughs> yeah yeah it's a, it's a, i don't know yeah, it's interesting it's, man it's a weird world now man all right let's call it all right we are an hour and 24 minutes thank you everyone for listening yeah man we appreciate you now that we got this podcast studio here uh i know austin wants to get back on one so we can get on and talk about his new car yeah i'm excited for an hour <laughs> <laughs> You talk about all the little buttons and the fact that it doesn't have wireless airplay or whatever. what? Yeah, it does. It it still plugs in. It has an aux cord, so it can Bluetooth play. Oh, but to get car Apple play, oh, what, what is yeah. it when it shows your text yeah, messages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. They like... don't have that. Oh, what? I don't know, man. Listen, when I sold him my Cayman, yeah. the first thing he was like, "Hey, man, the radio doesn't work." I was like. <laughs> Bro, it's a manual race car. Like, <laughs> drive that thing. Roll the window it's down. It's like I like listening. It. I like listening to the the sports radio, and I'm like, then drive a different vehicle because that's not a <laughs> you know th- right. those back roads. Right. You drive that car. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. listen to sports radio, but he's just you know he likes that stuff. So I guess that is to be cool. Anyway, I'm proud. All right, of guys, uh, they can find you. Yeah, Instagram, Rasta Runner uh, underscore. I'm there. I am too nice to not respond or to not respond to everything. So send me a message. Tell me what you think. Let me know how. Listen, uh, send him so many messages blow that me he up. can't answer all the messages <laughs> because he just implied that I wasn't nice because I don't respond to all my messages. You said it, not me. I get too many messages to respond to. True. I only have so much True. energy. I get your overflow. People will be like, can. Can you tell Rob this? Can you tell Dana that? I'm like, I'm not the messenger, man. <laughs> yeah, start send him so many messages that he can't answer anymore. All right, everybody, thank you. Uh, you can find everything that I do at killrobbailey.com. Adios. Peace. I'm going to climb over here and hit stop.